Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How was your weekend? It was good. It was relaxing. Yeah. And lots of dog park time because we have such wonderful puppies. So how about you? That was good. It was, went by too quickly, but I think that's usually the case, right? So... Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's uh, it's been good. Just uh, get. I'm ready for fall, though. I really am. Like. Yeah, that's my favorite season. I think. What's your favorite season? I would say fall as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and my, you know, it's funny because uh, the episodes of Gilmore Girls correspond, at least in this revival, to seasons. So. We first did winter, and now we're on to spring. Um, yeah, and uh, we're kind of going a little seems a, a little backwards. Maybe not. Maybe we're not going backwards because yeah, winter. because I think like well, it's a year. They, as I said, the title of the revival is "Year of My Life," so it's like okay, that makes sense. It's just uh, you would think for most, it would probably go like spring summer fall winter but we start with winter so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but i guess if they're starting in january because they never show the holidays right they've only shown the holidays once in the entire series yeah they very rarely that makes show sense that they started after mm-hmm. the holidays but uh yeah we're uh here to talk about um yeah both spring and then in the next episode summer both were written by daniel palladino and i think we we have we haven't had a daniel palladino episode in a while but boy does it show because he's not very uh subtle with his messages is he so although i will say i think this was a little more subtle than the uh than the summer episode yeah, the summer episode has to be by far my least favorite of the revival mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. well, we'll get to it, but there's a lot that just seems like just either offensive or just completely pointless, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. when we talk about summer, but right. um, yeah, the this episode uh, features Emily and Lorelai going to therapy together, and I'm really curious what you think about that therapist because I didn't oh, think I she was doing notes. a great job. <laughs> I have, I have notes. Well, there are some therapeutic styles where you do less, um, like psychoanalytic. You may do less, like like dialogue. Um, but there are some other things, like the rules of you know. She said there are no limits in session. Yes, there are. So we'll talk about those. So you know, I'm always kind of like, like I always get my hackles up a little bit when they show therapy on, on um, you know, in movies and on shows. But we'll mm. talk a little bit about the difference between what she said and what the actual way that therapy is done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, we did get to see a little bit of Mrs. Kim. Uh, we even see the first ever ever appearance of Mr. Kim as well. Who just which, waves. Which is appropriate, right? It just felt weird, too, because it was like... I don't feel like when they were writing this episode, they were probably like, nobody's ever seen Mr. Kim. And then they were probably like, oh, I just throw in a scene where they're like, oh, there's Mr. Kim. And they're just... He's waving. Yeah. yeah, there is like, there was nothing substantial with him. It just felt like he was there to be like, yes, there is a Mr. Kim. 
in case you were like really curious. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I felt that felt a little like forced in there, but Right. Um Yeah. We find out a little more about Logan because we uh we saw that he was hooking up with Rory and now we find out that he's engaged to a French heiress named Odette, but they don't live together. So Yeah. Once again, just the kind of making things a little more complicated. But the thing is, is I feel a little like we got to see this with like the Dean storyline and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then this one, like they don't really give her many consequences for it. It's like, oh, you're cheating on your boyfriend, Paul. Except the emotional turmoil it causes. Yeah. Like it just. But she hasn't learned from Dean, right? No, like she's still cheating on somebody with somebody else and like if anything in this case like you know at the time when she was cheating on dean she wasn't with anybody else but now she's also hurting paul who she hasn't broken up with so yeah paul becomes the butt of many jokes which again i don't think that's very fair it felt weird because it felt like there should have been more gravitas to that but it feels exploitative yeah 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 like it's uh, written off for jokes, and it's like, no, you're you're cheating on him with Logan, who's cheating on his fiance. Yeah, uh, we got a cameo by the real Paul Anka, which I thought was pretty clever and funny. Um, there's a point where uh, Luke, in the dream sequence, tells Lorelai that he has to, or she has to take Paul Anka out, and then she goes down to the ser- down the stairs, and there's the real Paul Anka, and. You know, there was there was a funny little bit where he was like, "I gotta go out" or "I gotta go pee" and all this other stuff. So, uh, right, right, that was great. Yeah. Uh, he showed up on this regular series once, I think. Too. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. then we find out that uh, Richard left some money to Luke to expand and franchise the diner. So. Which, Luke doesn't really seem like the type to want to franchise his diner, but... Did they talk about this at some point in the regular season? I feel like they did touch on it. I think, like, there was... I can't remember the discussion. I think I remember, like, Richard asking Luke what his future was and stuff like that, but... Yeah. It was the asking, and it was like, oh, you should have a franchise, but that's where it was left. Yeah, Luke didn't really answer, because that's not his gig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, this episode also was very frustrating from a Rory perspective to see her constantly be provided some uh, job opportunities and for her to like keep turning them down. And then when she did go in for a job interview, she was like grossly unprepared. Um, mm-hmm. Like she goes to this Chilton Illumina event, and uh, headmaster headmaster Charleston appears. Uh, we got a, ca- a cameo from him. And he even offers uh, Rory a job teaching, and he's and she she's like, nah. I'm like, really? Like, you're you could probably use some work. Like, well, there's a pride thing, right? Because he was like, well, you know, to have someone like your caliber that's not really having a permanent address. I mean, he's like kind of doing her a solid, and she didn't really take kindly to that. No. Um, but yeah, we see that a little bit throughout the episode, even when she goes for that Sandy Says or Sandy Sees um, uh, interview there. she They ask her, like, you know, what what do you want to pitch us? And she 
excuse me, just half-asses her pitches. And, and you could tell this, the woman interviewing her is like, really? Like, you, you came to this unprepared? I could see why, because the way that they had, they were constantly pursuing her. It's kind of like a relationship where someone's constantly pursuing them, and then when the other person shows interest, they just, like, drop their end of the rope, and it's, it seemed very much like that. So I can see why she doesn't have something that prepared. But she should have something prepared regardless. Right? Yeah. But I could also see how she was lured into this false sense of security of, oh, well, they're my, my fallback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rory, like, clearly was the worst character in this episode because, like, she writes a piece for GQ about, like, waiting in lines and all this other stuff, and then she has a one-night stand with a random person she doesn't even know who he is. Which I'm like, that's... The guy dressed like a looking. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's dangerous. Like, you don't know anything about this guy, and you have a one-night stand. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Rory was just very frustrating in this episode. I'm like, right. you're 30 years old, but you act like you're, like, barely 14 or 13. Like, uh, it was just awful. And not only that, but she's embarrassed by her decision. I think that's the, the bigger piece, is that, you know, if you make a decision, stand by it. Yeah. Worse and all, right? But she is embarrassed about it, and... She kind of beats herself up about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Taylor wants to organize a pride parade, and uh, he's like, oh, there's there's not enough gays. we got to borrow gays. And I'm like, oh, commoditizing a, a you know, group of people is not exactly great. But right. Right. that's Daniel Palladino for you. I think it's even implied that Taylor may be gay himself. Because they kind of have a moment where they're like, is there anybody else, Taylor? And then he thinks about it, he's like, no. But they were all kind of waiting for him to make some kind of admission. Which also, I'm like, well... Out himself at a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, "Uh, that's also problematic, depending on how you want to look at it. But... Yeah. Uh, We we also get the uh, second film by Kirk. Uh, which was great. I also like the uh, moment where uh, Lulu mentions to Luke and Lorelai that, that the couch they're going to sit on is where uh, her and uh, Kirk make love. And uh, Luke sits down and he just immediately has this look on his face like, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. And so. like Lorelai's like, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. It was just like mm-hmm. Luke's reaction to that was just priceless. And he uh, says, like, nobody bring food in, and everybody just blatantly, and, like, Babette's like, hey, do you want some, you know, ribs? <laughs> yeah, she's, they had, like, a full-blown barbecue inside, which I'm like, that, that seemed like a real fire hazard. <laughs> this is, like, an indoor place, presumably with a fire alarm system, and I'm like, you're, you're grilling? Like, well, I um, thought they brought the food in. Were they actually cooking it in the place? Yeah, they had, like, a full-blown barbecue there. I was, I was a little shocked. So... Yeah, go uh, Babette and um, Rory. No, no, Maury. Maury. Yeah. Maury. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, we we have the episode with her going to Sandy says, and uh, not only does she is she like grossly unprepared, but then when the woman calls her to tell her she didn't get the job, she gets very like belligerent with this woman, and I'm like, I I get it. Like maybe that woman was a little passive aggressive, but still like it's not very freaking unprepared and then for attacking her even further so well, keep in mind too that she's still grieving over grandpa I mean, grieving for that 
Yeah. Oh, one sec. I just have to do this phone call. All right, we're back after a phone disruption. Um, yeah. Let's move on to best performance, least favorite and least favorite performance. Um, who is your favorite performance in this episode? Emily and Lorelai. I thought the just the the back and forth during the therapy session was really good. Mm -hmm. And then worst, I would say Luke. I don't know. I didn't totally buy it. What about you? Uh, favorite? I'm going to probably say Emily. I think Emily is one of the few characters that has one of the more interesting plots in this new season. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. in this new series. Uh, okay. I do particularly like because like, she is grieving and they give her a lot to work with. And it's also yeah. like, what does her life look like now? And you're starting to see mm -hmm. that a little bit. And she grieves and she's... I don't know, her character arc is the most interesting, and obviously the actress Kelly Bishop is so great, but yeah, it's there's a lot more to what's going on with her, and I think we get some more of that in the next two episodes as well, but uh, yeah, Emily's by far the, the major standout in this uh, four episodes that we get. And then least favorite, I say Rory. I, I get what they're going for uh, on a certain level, um, I read an interview that uh, Amy Sherman Palladino gave, and she basically was saying how kids nowadays don't just go out and go work. They are coddled, and then they just kind of go out into the workforce expecting that they're going to get, like, a high-end job, but then they don't. She used the word coddled? Wow. Sorry? She used the word coddled? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I, I don't think she okay. used that actual word, but it was something along okay. those lines. Yeah. Huh. And, and like so when we when we see this Rory like and her and she's not quite doing too well in her professional life like that's actually kind of on purpose but I still feel like there's just like no sympathy for like Rory the actress that plays Rory doesn't really sell that as well and mm. I think on one I hand you're supposed to angsty. sorry mm -hmm. go ahead I, I think feel... it just comes off like angsty yeah, like, I feel like you're supposed to really care for Rory, but you don't. Like, I don't know. I, I never really at any point was like, oh, I feel bad for Rory. So, I don't know. Well, I wonder if her grandfather was kind of a stabilizing force that yeah. would kind of give her some real talk about what she needs to do. 100%. I think, too, she just doesn't really know what she needs to do. Like... I don't know, okay. like, there's something to be said for just go and get a job and, like, go, you know, go get a job at a Starbucks or, you know, like, she overthought all this getting the jobs and then she sabotages a lot of these opportunities. She, she doesn't even take some opportunities that are presented to her. It's just, it's very frustrating. And I kind of wanted some more as to why she didn't want to take that teaching job or some of the other jobs that opportunities that were given to her. So, I don't know, that was just a little frustrating, so... And a lot of that, I think, is on the actress Alexis Bedell. I don't think she really sells it. She sells Rory as being a very likable person, but when it comes to, like, this whole stuff with her job and her career, like, I don't know. Like, she's supposed to be a journalist. She was the editor of the Yale Daily News, and she doesn't seem like that great of a reporter. So, yeah. Okay. Um, we have favorite reference. Did you have a favorite reference from this episode? 
Um, when Paris said, uh, take a powder, baby John, that's from West Side Story. The play, and then there was a movie in the 60s, and then recently the Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, perfect. So that's yeah, so how about you? Uh, there wasn't too many that stood out to me. I would probably... Mm-hmm. Like, I think, if anything, like a lot of the references were more to the original series. And that's the yeah. thing with this revival. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's more that it's a... Um, it's more that we're, we're seeing these um, references to the original show. Um, but, I don't know. I think uh, the the Khaleesi joke was, was kind of clever enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, was it the greatest reference ever? No, but uh, when when the little kid was like, Khaleesi is speaking, she's like, oh, we're, 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 we're done with that. I had a good chuckle at that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. We also have our favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Yeah, when... Francine said, is it Francie or Francine? That um, you rule the world, what's your damage? Like, Paris, you've got everything that you've wanted. So why are you coming after me after all this time? I mean, because mm-hmm. Paris had, like, kind of a break with reality a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Paris, like, uh, when uh, Rory and Lorelai are talking and, uh, Lorelai says, Michelle is for me what Paris is for you. And Rory says, your angry friend. And Lorelai says, my angry friend. I thought that was cute. But it is true. Like, there is some similarities between Michelle and Paris. Although I would say Michelle Mm -hmm. is a little bit more sociable and um, less socially awkward than Paris. But, yeah, similar Mm -hmm. enough. He's got more confidence, I think, than Paris does. Yeah, 100%. All right. Um, we also have uh, behind-the-scenes trivia. There is a few little behind-the-scenes trivia tidbits. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, this is the first episode where we see Lane's uh, dad on screen. So, a little bit of a little nod there to that. Uh, oh, uh, Marcy, the girl uh, waiting in line, is played by Mae Whitman, who played Lauren Graham's daughter in Parenthood, a show that came out in 2010. Oh. And yeah. who was also in Arrested Development. Yes. Uh, uh, the woman that Tristan is talking to in the Chilton hall- hallway is uh, Scott Patterson, the actor who plays Luke's real-life wife, Christine Seren. Oh. Yeah. Which, by the way, the uh, that was definitely not the same actor who played Tristan. It was somebody else. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, Taylor mentions uh, that a movie's being filmed in Wood- Woodridge with Jessica Chastain and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, the movie they're referring to is Interstellar, which was filming with both of those actors at that time. Oh, really? Yeah. It's part of a film in Connecticut? Yeah, I I, I guess like, so. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, a little bit of trivia. The town they keep referring to was Woodbury. It's actually yeah. Woodbridge. Oh, okay. Woodbridge is the name of the town in the original series, so I'm not sure what happened there. Mm-hmm. They're always talking about Woodbridge. Now it's Woodbury. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh yeah, and then uh, yeah, Chad Michael Murray could not reprise his role uh, due to a scheduling conflict, so they used his, one of his uh, body doubles from the show instead. So, and every I mean, show looks a lot like him. Yeah, mm -hmm. and every show they have body doubles, so people that look like the actors for like back behind the scene, behind the behind the head shots or like side shots where you don't really get a good look at the person's face. So, I guess they just went with mm -hmm. that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, any mental health observations from this episode? Yeah, so we have an interesting another look uh, in this whole series of, of therapy. Um, so the therapist says to them, "There's no limits in sessions, or you can yell, shout." Uh, one of my rules in therapy, I know that some of my colleagues have this rule too, is that that yelling needs to stop. So what I tell people is, you can yell at home you don't need to yell in front of me right so we both mm -hmm. understand i think sometimes when people yell in session yes sometimes this expressing some as been expressed before but also i have to think of my own mental health um and that yelling in session in a closed room or now i do just all telehealth um it really doesn't solve things because i look at what the process is not what the content is of the yelling so whatever you're yelling about i look more at how does this interaction go like both people are frustrated. They don't talk about their frustrations. It builds, it builds, it builds, and it explodes. And so I'll tell people up front um, that if there's yelling, then I put the kibosh on that. Um, and also yelling at me, we use that as, tell me a little bit about about what you're feeling like right now. Because mm. I have had people yell at me about stuff and it's not about me, it's about what they're going through. You know, we kind of break it down. Uh, but there's some other limits too like you can't pick up and throw something in session i mean it sounds like this therapist was basically saying there's no limits on stuff um what that what they can apply to though is that you can talk about whatever you want in your therapy session um mm. and i may contribute to that and, and ask you know what the tell me a little bit more about what's going on or we also talk about you know how did it feel disclosing that to someone right because that's the difference between therapy and and um friendship and i got this from from urban yalom who's y-a-l-o-m has written some great books on therapy um and and he talked about you know it's the here and now like i'll say how did that feel when you talked about that mm -hmm. or how did it feel when um when you were arriving a little bit late and you you were apologizing you know that kind of thing um and and that can really help the whole therapeutic relationship so there there are limits um also you can see some really great guilting and shaming by emily and again you know narcissist um, there are several times where I would have stepped in, um, and I think that um, I, I think that there were times where, and it depends on your therapeutic style, but I definitely would have stepped in on some of the times where Emily was really poking at Lorelai mm -hmm. and would have stopped and may have said, tell me a little bit more about how often does this interaction happen or something along those lines. Because I would right. really like to know, again, the process, not the content, but the process. Uh, and also, uh, when... Emily was trying to talk to Luke alone. I feel like, you know, it's usually not a good idea to follow narcissist instructions to split you up from someone, especially a partner. So I would say, you know, either we go together or nothing. Th that being said, an attorney probably would have handled the estate, so Emily would not have been in that position anyway. Uh, but um, you really don't want to be alone with a narcissist because what they might do is try to triangulate you or pit you against the other person. Yeah. That's just, so that's my psych piece for this sure. episode. 
Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com where you can grab her new book, Healing from Toxic Relationships. There's links to buy on the website there. And I'm over at threeandgreenearths.com where almost every other day we've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.